We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Hut, 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 hut. This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report Podcast. The wait is almost over. Training camp will be here in a few more weeks. But until then, the offseason content continues to roll on. And for this episode, we wanted to focus in on a player that we thought could be a breakout candidate for the Chicago Bears. With a battle looming at defensive back between Kendall Vilder, Duke Shelley, Artie Burns, Trey Roberson, a bunch of guys at the position trying to fight for the starting inside job and outside job we look at a player like Kendall Vilder as someone who could break out in his second year a former fifth round pick out of Georgia Southern in the 2020 NFL draft and what better way to get the best insight on Vilder from someone who has covered the team down there in Georgia play-by-play man Danny Reed who who covers a radio play-by-play for the Georgia Southern Sports Network joins us here on the Bear Report podcast to talk about Vilder um, what he's learned from Vilder not only as a player on the field um, with Georgia Southern but also as a person and some really good insight um, some really good stuff from Danny so we'll get into the interview in a couple seconds here I just want to note we will be back in a couple weeks with full episodes including training camp previews both offense and defense and then when training camp rolls around we will have multiple podcasts covered you know between the bear Report podcast picks for pace and even our vip subscribers will get bonus podcast episodes posted directly to the forum so enjoy our interview with danny here we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now joining us here on the Bear Report podcast is Danny Reed. He is a radio play-by-play for Georgia Southern Sports Network. He's here to kind of give us some insight on a player that I think is going to take the next step in his career here with the Chicago Bears in defensive back Kendall Vilder. Danny, thanks so much for joining us, man. Not a problem. Appreciate you guys having me on. For sure, for sure. So, um, yeah, let's kind of get right into it. If you want to kind of tell our audience what exactly you do and, and kind of your background in sports and your connection to um, Kindle. This is my sixth season at Georgia Southern. Actually, season seven is going to start this fall. I do the radio play-by-play for football, basketball, and baseball and got to know Kendall extremely well from 2016 through 2019 when he became one of the best cornerbacks in the country over his last two and a half seasons. But I've been in sports broadcasting for right around 15 years. I've got quite a bit of experience in Division One. I. I spent some time at the Citadel before I got to Georgia Southern, and I also have a uh, close to 10 years experience in minor league baseball spent some time in charleston south carolina bowling green kentucky i've written for newspapers i've done public address any anything that i've got my hands on sports media wise it's been a fun 15 years and it's almost getting into that seventh season at at georgia southern but covering people like kendall is a reason why this has been so much fun and a, a place that's grown to be really special with me and I, and I was going to say kind of um, a more normal uh, season than what we had from uh, last year due to COVID and all that. But, um, you know, kind of tell us, I guess, you know, your thoughts on Kindle the person to kind of start off. He's one of the most humble people I've covered, and that's thousands of athletes across a lot of different sports. He got here in 2016 and, like a lot of freshmen, didn't say a whole lot early. And then halfway through that 2017 season, he still wasn't talking that much, but he was letting his play speak for him. He had his first career interception on national television against Arkansas State and then had a tackle for actually had his first career sack and a shutout of South Alabama later that season, the final home game of the year that year, and had a pick in the end zone against a wide receiver in Jamarius Way, who ended up being one of the best receivers in the Sunbelt Conference by the time that he was done. So you could see the flashes of how good he was going to be on the field. He exploded in 2018, pro football focus, named him an All-American, and then nobody threw his way in 2019, but the few times that they did, he still had success, ended up with just two interceptions that year, but of course one in a bowl game on national television against Liberty in the Cure Bowl down in Orlando. But it doesn't scratch the surface for the kind of guy that he is off the field. He is a lead by example. We had him on our Facebook live stream at Sunbelt Conference Media Day in 2019 down in New Orleans. In fact, it was the last time that everybody got together before COVID hit. And that was right before his senior season. Look, he was coming off of a phenomenal season. I don't even know if he expected the kind of success that he had in 2018 when Pro Football Focus not only named him an All-American, but they actually named him the second best corner with the analytic analytical numbers in place in the country that year. But he could have just as easily been number three on the depth chart and just been happy to be on the team. Somebody that put in the work, 
somebody that has earned everything that he has gotten. And we were so proud of him to see the kind of impact that he had down the stretch last year for you guys. And I hope that it just continues to get better because you really have an outstanding person on that squad. Well, I don't know how much you've followed the Bears and what's gone on, especially this offseason. Because, I mean, last offseason, especially in the draft, you know, the Bears took Jalen Johnson out of Utah in the second round with one of their second-round picks. And you get to the fifth round, and all of a sudden they've got three selections. And these names start flying off the board. And a lot of people are like, who is Kendall Vildor? You know, and (laughs) honestly, PFF was actually one of the ones that kind of got people familiar with Vildor. But I'm kind of curious from your perspective, how do you think, especially, I mean, this is going to be a big year for him because all of a sudden you're looking at an offseason where it looked like Kyle Fuller was going to stay on the team, Jalen Johnson was going to be the second corner, and then maybe Vildor would be competing either for one of the backup boundary slots or, you know, inside uh, at the nickel position. And all of a sudden, Kyle Fuller's gone. So they've got a competition going on throughout, you know, multiple names, you know, including veterans, including younger guys. So what do you think it is that is going to help uh, Kendall Vildor become a starter this season and really contribute? Cause I mean, corner is kind of a question mark for the bears and that hasn't been the case in quite a while. I saw it at Georgia Southern from 2016 on that year. He wasn't starting. He was playing here and there was primarily on special teams, but he was the nickel corner that year. That's when Georgia Southern was still running a 4-2-5 defense. By the time we got to 2017, he had moved over to true corner, and then he started to have the success in the back half of the season when he became a full-time starter. And then 2018, new defensive coordinator Scott Sloan, who had a lot of success at Appalachian State, he installed a 3-4 defense and a lot more zone coverage. Typically, the Eagles had been playing man-to-man 16 and 17, but 18, introducing a lot of cover two and a lot of cover three looks. And you could see early on he was really – well-schooled in the art of not just how to be physical at the point of attack, but also how to occupy an area. And when opportunities existed for him to have an impact, he thrived. And I think about the Clemson game. It was the third game of the season in 2018. Clemson was going right down the field. That's when a guy named Kelly Bryant was still their quarterback before Trevor Lawrence took the mantle and ended up having an amazing career. But the first drive, they were trying to run a slip screen out to the left sideline looking for Justin Ross, and he jumped the route and he had an interception. And he didn't allow a single catch in coverage that game. So I think a lot of the national pundits looked at that and thought, okay, that's that's pretty good. Number one against a team that was going to win a national championship. Number two on national television. Number three for somebody that had a little bit of success before. He was just able to thrust himself into the spotlight, and he didn't blink. Later that year on national television against the rival Appalachian State, he comes up with two interceptions in the fourth quarter to seal a victory against a top 25 team for the first time in Georgia. Georgia Southern history. He was Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week that week. Pro Football Focus not only named him an All-American, but they named him the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year that year. And then going into 19, he was the preseason Defensive Player of the Year as named by the conference. In nearly 20 years of Sunbelt football play, just the second time that a corner had been a preseason Player of the Year selection. He just continued to improve because he trusted his technique. Somebody that puts in the work more than I could possibly explain to you. You talk with his position coach, whether it was Corey Peoples, Kevin Whitley, who is there now, former Georgia Southern defensive back, who was part of national championship teams under Eric Russell, and head coach Chad Lunchford, somebody that was directly responsible for recruiting him. They got him because they could see what his potential was because they knew he was going to work for it. And now with the situation up your way, I sincerely expect him, if he's not a starter, he is going to be a major contributor this year. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And you you talked about that Clemson game in your last answer, and that was kind of the first game I looked at. Um you know, when the Bears drafted him, because as Aaron said, I mean, Jalen Johnson was part of that draft and everyone was kind of like, okay, who is, who's this kid out of Georgia Southern? And, uh, you know, I watched a tape on the Clemson game. It, it was really damn good tape. And Kelly Bryant, although he didn't really pan out uh, at Clemson, he's still a pretty damn good quarterback um, at that high of a level playing in the ACC. Were there any other games maybe uh, outside of the Appalachian State or the Clemson game that anything you can remember, anything that stands out to you from Kendall uh, with his play? What really struck me was that he seemed to be at his best when Georgia Southern was on actual television and not just streaming. We have a deal with the Sunbelt Conference does with ESPN Plus that everything gets streamed, whether you're home on the road, in league play. But I'm talking about physical ESPN, ESPNU, ESPN2. The Clemson game is where people saw a lot of him. I mentioned in the Arkansas State game from his freshman year in 2017 where he outfought an all-conference guy that year for an interception. I mentioned the Cure Bowl game when he had an interception jumping in front of a future NFL guy in Antonio Gandy-Golden. He was drafted by Washington. The Clemson game, not only did he have that interception in front of Justin Ross, but he also had a goal line end zone deflection to get the ball away from T Higgins. And he's now playing with Cincinnati. It just seemed that whenever the competition got better, so did he, he stepped up to the moment. And part of that was because of all those reps, all that time put in and people may not know a whole lot about Sunbelt conference football, but last year was easily the best year for the league. And a lot of that had to do with COVID and a lot of that had to do with available nationally televised slots. So a team like a Coastal Carolina and a Louisiana and an Appalachian State, they all got even more exposure so the country could see just how good this league was football wise. And even though they weren't on nationally as much during Kendall's tenure from 2016 through 2019, the two to three times a year that Georgia Southern got on TV and primarily it's a midweek setting because that's how the Sunbelt was able to generate its millions of viewers on the mothership but when he ever whenever he had those games that's when he was at his best and now he's in a situation where he's got to be at his best every week against the best in the world but it's something that he's done ever since I've seen him well and and you seem very confident in the fact that he can contribute this year and not only contribute but be a quality starter and that's something obviously that the Bears are going to need moving forward at the corner position so kind of transitioning into that uh what do you think is going to be Vildor's best spot do you think it's going to be on the on the boundary outside do you think it's going to be in the nickel what do you think in terms of especially with him only being 510 do you think size is going to be a limitation or do you think he can be that kind of that that Chris Harris type player where he can play inside or outside and you know being 510 isn't going to be an issue No, I think he could do both considering how good his technique is and having played that nickel position in 2016, he might have to harken back five years to retool himself if he's asked to do that. But once 2018 got here and the new scheme was brought in under Coach Sloan and they moved to that 3-4 zone coverage defense, Georgia Southern did not put him against the team's, the opposition's top receiver. He played the boundary side of the field 
field. Monquavian Brinson played the field side. So it wasn't as if he was dedicated to stopping a single guy. That's why against Clemson, he was getting reps against Justin Ross, against T. Higgins, whoever was coming to his side of the field. But in his case, wherever you put him, he's going to do whatever you need him to do. He's going to do what's asked of him, whether it's inside, whether it's outside. And granted, I do have to give him a little bit of guff because he should have picked off Aaron Rodgers. And I didn't send him a message about that, but hopefully he listens to this and hopefully he hears about that. But I think that he's going to get a lot more chances to make big plays starting with this year. I, I really do think that he is someone that can have an impact. And looking back last year when, when he did get into games um, and, and kind of benefited from getting that those reps, one thing I kind of noticed was he's a sound tackler. And I look at some of the scouting reports of him coming out of high school and even coming out of college, and the, the bad traits for him were ta- was tackling. But he didn't show that last year. I mean, he had a really nice open field tackle on Delvin Cook uh, on a third down. Um, he made a couple of nice tackles in the open field against bigger wide receivers as well. Did you notice anything in college? Maybe you know his tackling was a problem that could lead these scouting reports to say that. And then – uh, what would you say kind of is one of his better traits if it's not tackling? You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's funny you bring that up because if there was one weakness from him in that 2018 season, look, he was phenomenal in pass coverage, and that's why he was named a Pro Football Focus All-American. They did criticize his run support and his form tackling. And if there was an area that he really stressed going into his senior season for 2019, it was that. And he had to be that much better because if teams weren't throwing in his direction, then he had to be that much better in terms of run support. And we already talked about the fact that most of the time he's going to be having to bring down guys that are bigger than him maybe a little bit stronger than him but he knows where to be he has good form he plays with a good way about himself something that we saw from his first couple of games during that 16 season when you didn't see him a lot but the times that you did you knew that when he got a chance to thrive that he was going to give you good results well, in terms of, you know, kind of moving into the, you know, with the Bears defensive coordinator transition, you know, obviously they went from Vic Fangio, who was fantastic, to Chuck Pagano, who really kind of saw quite a bit of regression, and then he retired, and then now uh, Sean Desai has taken over, and it sounds like things are going to get back to more of a Vic Fangio-type feel for the Bears defense, which is a lot of a lot of zone coverage, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, just mixing things up and, and, and disguises. Uh, where do you think that Kendall Vildor is going to be best in terms of coverage, whether it's man, whether it's zone, uh, does it, you know, do, do you think that he has the versatility to be able to basically do exactly what the bears are wanting him to do without having to take him off the field? In terms of a man coverage, he is going to have to deal with the size and the speed that he did not see in the Sunball Converse. Granted, he did get a little bit of that last year. And at the end of the season, I remember watching the Detroit game, how well that he had played. I think he led the team in tackles in that contest. But he seems to be a really skilled guy in terms of how to work in the framework of zone coverage. He had four interceptions the very first season where Georgia Southern went to it solely in 2018, getting a chance to do that against some of the best competition. And then teams finally wised up before 2019 when they just didn't throw in his direction. 
and he didn't even have an interception in 19 until I want to say the eighth game of the season. But you saw what he could do in run support. You saw what he did in terms of leadership. He was named a captain that season. But if it's specifically about man or zone, I think if you stick him in his own scheme, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, I want to talk a little bit about his recruiting, too. I mean, he comes from the state of Georgia. I believe it's the Atlanta area he's from. Yeah. And, you know, in that state, obviously, you have Georgia and the SEC, um, and then you have Georgia Southern out there as well. What's it kind of like recruiting for Georgia Southern? Um, and I don't want to say that, you know, they get like the, not the leftovers of, of Georgia Bulldog football, obviously, because in-state recruiting is very important. But are they able to land these guys like that Vilder who maybe kind of fly under the radar a little bit? Yeah, the thing with Georgia Southern recruiting-wise, They've always been able to do more with less. That's been the basis of getting guys to come to Statesboro, which is about 45 minutes to the west of Savannah when the program restarted back in 1981 after a 40-year absence. They had to basically start from the ground up, and you had 130 walk-ons who a lot of guys couldn't fit into their pads because they were so small. And that, that, that's been the beginning of the story, which, as Coach Chad Lunsford likes to call here, it, it's an epic football story going from that to four years later winning a 1AA national championship, doing it again the very next year, 85 and 86, and no team had ever won back-to-back one national titles, winning four more between 1990 and 2000, moving to the Southern Conference and winning 11 league championships since the restart of the program. And it's just finding guys, blue-collar, disciplined, and tough guys, not necessarily how many stars they've got by their name. Now, if you can back into some of those, the more the merrier. But the way that the success has worked at Georgia Southern, find guys that are maybe not necessarily under-recruited, overlooked, but guys that can have an impact where more is demanded. It's a small place. It's an intimate place, but they take their football extremely seriously down here. And for guys that know that, they come in, they have the time of their lives. For guys that want to play here, if they experience it for the first time, they realize that everything they do is under a microscope, despite Statesboro being a town of right around 25,000 people. It is a place that honors its football very seriously. And Kendall was someone who stepped up when given the chance and the amount of pride that the people down here have for him and what he has done is, is pretty remarkable. And kind of keeping on the the same track and, you know, just his time at Georgia Southern, uh, what was, if there was one game, one moment, anything like that, that, that maybe Bears fans can kind of go back, out, you know, after they listen to this and kind of go back and look through. Because the nice thing is YouTube is a great resource, <laughs> especially when you're talking, you know, especially the smaller schools. So if there was one moment, one game that really stuck out to you throughout his time there, what would it be? When you can talk about the fact that not only did he have an interception against a team in Clemson three years ago that was going to win a national championship. He didn't give up a single catch on national television for a team that won a national championship. And that was really the first game when the guard was going to change between Kelly Bryant and Trevor Lawrence. Kelly Bryant actually got hurt that game. Trevor Lawrence came in and Georgia Southern was actually responsible for his first career interception. That's a trivia question that maybe we keep to ourselves and everybody else has listened to this. But that, that game is one that I will always remember because of him the Eagles had a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter. I don't think that we expected the Eagles to win the game, but because of his exploits, the pick, not giving up a single catch in coverage, 
that that was that was a pretty awesome day, and that's when everybody figured out just how good he could be. I don't have any more questions for you, but I will say this. Um, I was at OTAs in minicamp, and Vilder very, impressed me a lot. Um, and he actually caught the praise of Matt Nagy. But I was able to kind of tweet out a quote from Matt Nagy and also talk about how Vilder um, was practicing. I called him one of my standouts. The Georgia Southern fan base is awesome. Like, I did not expect there to be that many interactions by mentions and retweets or anything like that. So props to you guys down there because I, it was like every minute I was refreshing and it was another fan, like, with just a positive comment. And, and it was just great to see. So you guys definitely have a really good fan base down there. No, when you talk about Georgia Southern football and the passion that the people down here and the fans have for it, it's basically an SEC-style environment, just about a quarter of the size. You would never guess that Statesboro is as small as it is, and that's even with the consolidation of Georgia Southern with Armstrong State a couple of years ago to form three branch campuses and get the total student population up right around 30,000. But with this fall and hopefully full stadiums, hopefully people are still going to be as responsible as they can regarding COVID. But I'm hoping there's going to be more than 20,000 people down here on September the 4th when Gardner-Webb comes to Paulson Stadium. But I do know that Kendall had a chance to play in front of a very passionate Eagle Nation for four years. And he does go down as one of the best that's ever played here. I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you, but you go back, you look at the numbers, you look at what he did in such a short amount of time and the way that he handled himself, the way that he talked to people, the way that he conducted himself, extremely impressive for somebody that just found success as quickly as he did. And we couldn't be happier for him. Uh, I don't know if Aaron, do you have any, any more no, questions? Oh man, that was that was fantastic. I think I think you know a lot of a lot of Bears fans that maybe aren't as familiar with him right now are gonna. This will be a really good resource to kind of get the you know the just the background information on somebody who may have not has been a you know as popular of a pick or come from as big of a school to kind of get an idea of what we can expect in training camp and moving forward in the regular season. Because like I said, man, I, this is. This is going to be a very interesting battle, especially at the corner position, and things wide open right now. And Vildor's got as good of a shot to win that, you know, that starting job, whether it's uh, you know on the boundary, uh, you know, next to uh, you know next to Jalen Johnson, or even inside at the nickel position. Just as recently as a couple of years ago, Georgia Southern had a guy named J.J. Wilcox who began his career here as a receiver slash slot back in Georgia Southern's version of the flex bone and the option offense. He moved to safety his final year and tapped into something that I don't think he even realized was there. He ends up being a third round pick by the Cowboys and he has had an opportunity to play there. He's played with New York. Unfortunately, he got hurt with Atlanta. But if Kendall has a chance to start, then he would certainly add to a very good recent legacy of, of Eagle success and look at Buffalo. Tyler Bass was an outstanding rookie kicker in the AFC had a chance to nearly go to a Super Bowl last year. And what young way has done with the Falcons going to the pro bowl from the NFC Georgia Southern has a way of making noise despite it being such a small environment, but the people love it and the people will follow them wherever they go. And we're happy that you guys have a chance to watch Kendall day in, day out. Oh, for sure. He, he's been a pleasure. I haven't been able to talk to him one-on-one -on -one because they, they closed the locker room last year. Uh, yeah. We weren't allowed into it, but from what we got to talk to him on Zooms and stuff, he seems like a great guy, and I'm looking forward to seeing this defensive back uh, competition play out. And in his career, hopefully 
every year here in Chicago. But uh, Danny, thank you so much, man. Good stuff. Um, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Uh, where can everyone hear your voice at when, when calling games? Anything else you want to plug? You guys can follow me on Twitter at GS Eagles Voice. And we are on TuneIn, Georgia Southern Eagles Sports Network. We do all football, men's basketball, and baseball games. And like we mentioned, the season starts for us on September the 4th here in Statesboro against Gardner-Webb. Hopefully in front of a full stadium, we were bogged down with 25%, 20%, 15% for long enough. And it, it looks like we're, we're almost back to normal. But I do appreciate you guys having me on and getting a chance to share a little bit more about Kendall. And hope we can do it again sometime. Anytime. Really appreciate it, man. Take it easy. You got it, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.